Pagoan, everybody. This is Inglewood Sir from Inglewood, California. Make sure you listen to that song. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. What's the everybody procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm. Welcome to a new episode of Don't Let The Stands. You're here today with your host, Eats McKenzie and Nicholas Terrell and Chopin. And guys, we got a shout out by Sir. How does that make you feel? I want you to tell me how it happened first. Okay. It was, okay. <laughs> All right. We're going to go straight into it. It was a really simple situation where, um, so I went to the event and I don't know if you've been to Shepherd's Bush Show too before, but usually they do this thing where uh, you can just go through if you had like drinks and stuff like a, like this bowl, like the metal bottle I have. But they've started this new thing where you need to put this inside of like a locker. So you have to give it to them. They give you a ticket. You have to sign your name and they put it in the back room. Um, so concert happens. Amazing. Talk about the review later on and everything. And then at the end of the concert, they usher you outside. So rather than going back to the section where I can get my bowl, they usher me outside and I have to try and find a way to navigate to back inside. So I have to go around the side of the building to get back inside. And Sir is literally just chilling there. Like he's chilling there. It's like one other person there. And he's on um, crutches at the moment because he's damaged his Achilles. So he was just chilling there smoking. And I was just looking at him and I was with someone. I was like, wait, is that, is that Sir? And then we both got excited and we started like walking towards him. And um, the person I was with, she was like really nervous and stuff. She was like very, very nervous about talking to Sir in particular. Mm. Um, so yeah, basically, um, I went over to him and we just had a nice conversation. I was like, listen, as a Jamaican, I love what you did. He did a rendition of um, Bob Marley's Is This Love, which oh, was amazing. Wow. Um, and I just told him like, oh, I love what you're doing. I love your music. Um, I think you're very inspiring and everything. And we just had like a quick conversation. I was like, oh, this is what I'm doing. I have a music podcast. And um, at the moment, there's like a lot of conversation about R&B. And I feel like you're doing a lot for R&B and stuff. And he's like, oh, thank you very much, man. Thank you very much. And he's like, oh, what's the name of your podcast? And I was like, oh, it's That's Pod. And I was like, oh, actually, would you mind like just saying a few things like about the podcast? Just literally just saying like, listen to That's Pod and stuff. And um, he was like, yeah, of course, man. And I recorded him and he was just like, he was just like the most amazing. That's the most amazing celebrity experience I've ever had. Because he was just so chilled about everything. And usually I imagine if you go up to someone and say, can you say something about a podcast? Because it's the social media. Headphones dropped off. Sorry. <laughs> because it's the social media era, you don't know what you could be endorsing. And the fact he just literally said it, there was obviously a mutual trust there. Um, but yeah, that's literally all that happened. It wasn't anything miraculous or incredible or anything like that. It was just Sir being Sir, endorsing the podcast. And yeah. So everyone, like, subscribe, <laughs> come back next week for more story times. No, exactly, I'm exactly. Oh, but how did that? How did that make you feel, guys? Because I know we've been working on this for a while. Yeah, and it, I'll tell you how it made me feel. It made me feel incredible. Like, yeah, hit. I know it's not like someone listening to the podcast and then literally coming out and saying, "Oh, listen to that spot and something like that." Yeah, but it made me feel really good at the fact that I could talk to him about the podcast 
and say that it's something that we do. Mm. And he genuinely seemed happy to see like a black man talk about these types of things. I don't know. I don't know. It's in the conversation that we had with like being Jamaican and stuff like that. Is he yeah. Jamaican? Yeah, he's Jamaican. Yeah. So for me, it just made me feel like with that pod, yeah, we've existed for almost two years at this point. Uh, later this year will be our second birthday. And it's the most randomest things have happened. It's so organically. Like, it's so weird. Like, I reached out to Elijah. He came on. Shoppers reached out to Lewis York. They come on. It, it, it's crazy experiences that we've been able to maneuver and build, engage and get people on. Eden just reached out to Kadeem, came on. Like, it's nuts. And for something like that, I was scrolling through my timeline, just normal night, cracking jokes, twitter.com, whatever. And I just see, a, I'm just like, huh? Y'all niggas be wilding like what, what's going on? And I go to the group chat. I'm like, how did this happen? Because I knew Eden was going to start, but I was you. Just I didn't even did, know you were going to the show. You just yeah. don't expect these things to to happen. And although, as Eden just said, he hasn't listened to the podcast. The fact that that mutual trust and me being Jamaican as well, it's just it's it's great to have someone of Jamaican descent kind of shout us out and just be so humble in the conversation that Eden just recalled. So beautiful i'm forever grateful and i just know we're about to do some boss shit this year like i'm so humble about this podcast but <laughs> we have the juice i'm so sorry about it like everyone who's listening we got the juice we have the right conversations and we'll continue to have the right conversations and yeah we're going up we're going up and this isn't about that it's not a clout thing or anything but we're we're just trying to document and give to the UK what we feel like it deserves. Um, yeah. Quality, nuanced conversations from past and present and future. Um, and I think we're all, us three together, just doing such incredible things, both individually and together. So I cannot wait to see what we do. And this is just a testament that hard work will pay off and will continue to go up. We've got some surprises for you later this year as well, later this season even. So just continue staying tuned and continue shouting us out when you can in conversations, the power of words. Mm. Um, I still believe that is the most powerful form of marketing. Tell your friends, all of that, if you enjoy the conversations and enjoy our seasons. Um, but thank you, Eden, for shooting a shot and getting <laughs> us that shout. It's incredible and it will always be a memory regardless of where this goes. It will always be a, one of our biggest memories to date. So thank you all yeah. i can say is i'm proud of all of us and what we're doing and fingers crossed if we ever come across her again we'll be at a stage where it can be like okay so we want to interview like in the so future. pull up pull up like okay rihanna okay <laughs> pull up we've got the audio we've got the equipment in our bag let's go backstage and have some conversation that's the next step because i have a lot of questions to ask that man on our joe budden shit like in terms of me too yeah. me too but on yeah. the offhand if he is listening to the podcast <laughs> you never know yeah Thank you very much, sir. That was an incredible interaction. Um, and it's definitely made, I think, me be even more confident, even though that's kind of impossible, to be honest, <laughs> of where this podcast is going. So thank you very much. Sharpe, do you have anything to say? Yes. So I was in Sheffield <laughs> when I saw this and... I saw, I just saw people were liking, oh, so-and-so likes your dad's with videos. I was like, oh, okay, he just posted something again. And or Nick. <laughs> or Nick. Yes. And then when I clicked on it, I was like, let me see what, what there was. And I was like, who's this? And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's Sir. And then I see, read the caption and I watched him like, oh, wow. Sir knows who we are. Mm. He knows what this is. That's quite mad. Like, 
he is uh someone that has especially been one of my favorite artists over the last couple of years definitely in the last year if you guys remember he was my he was in my top two albums of 2019 yeah and i listen to him all the time like i fuck with him so much i love all his projects and mm. i think he's a great artist great songwriter he did a tiny desk uh, a few weeks ago i watched like five times it was really really good it's and incredible and also i just love watching his interviews because like he just seems like a really i know we can say that about many people but like he actually seems like a, just a genuinely mm. a chill guy like a genuinely mm. like a cool guy like you could just go have a conversation with him and vibe and it would be okay it would be like oh no like oh i'm sir and i'm from tde yeah. it's like i'm a, hey i'm a man just like you if you're cool if you vibe yeah so um oh yeah i just like really um respect everything he's doing i respect Jesus as a person and um, I just love uh, what he's doing for R&B music right now, especially for R&B males at the moment. Mm. So I was very, very happy to see someone that is one of my favorite artists at right now, you know, acknowledge us in some way. And, you know, hopefully, you know, he actually listens one day and, you know, hopefully we can get him on here because I definitely have a lot of questions in regards to, like, his influences musically and mm. stuff like that. So, no, I was um, very, very, very happy and very gassed when I saw that. Yeah. Good. And let's talk about the bejeweled ankh that I saw around his neck, please. Because the, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the black power was strong in that one because I, I looked down and there was something glistening around his chest. I was like, rah. So, you know. He's a bad bad. Yeah, he's a bad man. Yeah. And just to like echo, I went to one of his shows. He came to London. It was like a pop up when his um, album dropped last year. And that same chilled energy. He was talking to people after the show, got to say hi to him. He's incredible. Like he was chilling by the bar. Loads of fans were there. Like he was not phased by it. Uh -huh. And I think when you when you're an artist, and I can't say for everyone because safety is paramount, but when you give off a certain energy, like that we're all just humans kind of thing. Like it's not. There's no status or anything like that. I think people will respect you more and respect your privacy and respect your space and still talk to you. But it won't be when you engage or kind of uh, ignite that kind of icon celebrity status versus the fans people will play into it when you're just chilled like sir as we're all talking about him i think people will just have a respectable conversation with mm -hmm. you like yeah i fuck with you but like it's on a level kind of conversation so yeah i can absolutely echo these two statements in the fact that he's very chilled mm -hmm. and very laid back and very just about the conversations and about progressive conversations too so shout out to sir i love him too and what he's doing for rmb love it but since we're on the topic of sir i might as well just quickly talk about the concert because that experience was very very interesting um just simply because his audience engagement like you're saying is incredible he spoke about how most of his albums are um he hardly has a song that hasn't had a touch of london on it he has a lot of london producers that work mm -hmm. on his music um obviously he's collaborated with etta bon and yep. he spoke about her old work before they actually met um, and he spoke about how like, you know, on Spotify, it tells the artists which regions listen to their music the most. Apparently London is one of the most listened. Well, sir, London is one of the most, um, what am I trying to say? Is His the, most listened to region. most listened to region. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so yeah, I mean, he was very appreciative. He had conversations with a lot of people in the crowd. There was someone he called by name. Um, he got two people to perform one of his songs. I can't remember where it was from the crowd. Um, there was a, there was a situation where someone was fighting a security guard and he sung to that person saying, just let it go. Um, 
So oh. he was very he was very hyper aware of what was going on in the audience. I love that. And he was shouting out people who had like commented on um some of his videos or like his music in the past and stuff like that. So he was like very very on it. Mm. And I feel like he's like an artist's dream. A lot of, I, I know the line is like never meet your heroes, but I imagine if someone loved Sir, like really loved Sir as yeah. an artist and they met him in person, they wouldn't be disappointed. He definitely He's gone up a rank in terms of the the people that I will listen to just because of who he is as a person. Yeah. And um, what I imagine his morals will be. He also said, like, he's going to be very honest. Like, he's never had this much money in his life. And artists usually kind of try to stay away from that conversation because obviously money is a very touchy subject at the moment with, mm. like, billionaires and millionaires and those conversations. But he was very honest. Like, I've never had this much money in my life and I get to do the thing that I love every morning that I wake up. Um in terms of the set, every he just played bangers. Like honestly, mm. did he do war? Uh, I know, you, I know, you're not too familiar with his first album. No, I'm not too familiar with his first album. I think most of the songs that he sang were from um, Chasing Summer. Chasing Summer, but he did um, West Side Boy, which isn't a sing is a single um, as an encore. I don't remember war from the top of my head. I remember he did the recipe. I, I he didn't do L.A. and I kind of get the reason he didn't. Mm. Um, yeah. He did um, Hair Down. <sighs> he also did... Uh, did he do... Uh, the Evils. LA, LA Lisa. Yep. That was the first or, first or second song. So he came out to that. <clears throat> um, but yeah, incredible set. Incredible, incredible set. I actually love him. He's... Like, oh, I man, love him. Honestly. Like, he's, thinking back, I'm just thinking of, as you said, the songs and stuff. I'm like, what? there's just not enough times I can play him. Like, yeah, I actually cannot play him enough times. Like, I just... Every time... I even internally say to myself, you'll sleep on Sarah again. Like yeah. you'll sleep on Sarah again because it's just, he is really one of our front runners in terms of like R&B cats doing doing yeah. bits right now. And his sound is so specific as well. The mm. way he, like some of the way the track's constructed, how his voice is edited. Like it's, it's amazing. Like honestly, he is really talented. And he sounds exactly how he sounds recorded live. So good live. Honestly, so good it's live. so good honestly so good life but let's get on with the episode i don't want to take any more time with this but like yeah. we said thank you sir for your time and thank you for everyone who was saying we deserved it that was amazing to hear as well yeah how are you guys how has your week been um yeah first of all if you haven't played sir play sir yep. or just don't listen to the podcast <laughs> and um, while saying that because don't, <laughs> don't be like eden and not play his first album Listen to his first album, November. And, I and the EPs. Yes, especially. And I highly recommend the song War from his first album. That is the best song he's ever made. I don't care what you say. I love everything he's done, but War is a special, special mm. song to me. That does things to me. <laughs> I love that song. Yes, to answer Eden's question, but I agree with that War, definitely. Um, I'm good. Again, busy week in the stable, capitalism, Babylon. We hate to see it, but um, we're still here. We're still growing and all of that. So yeah, in just enjoying the weekend. Need the rain to stop because that is the last part of seasonal depression that is getting me down. But in terms of the lighter days, we are actually getting lighter days in the evenings now. So it's amazing. On Monday, got out of work and I was like, shit, I can see my, I can see everything. Mm. I can see we're good. It's not dark. Um, so spring is basically on its way. We just need that weather and that sun to continue to shine um, and start showing us that bit of summer that we need. But yes, I'm good. Got through another week. Uh, blessed. And it is what it is. How are you two, Eden and Shope? How's the week? 
Uh, yeah, my week was good. Um, so I actually had a very productive week, but it was it was a mixture of bad productive and good productive. Work has been very on top of me lately. Um, and I've kind of trying to been deal with that a lot. Um, finishing at quite late during the day. There was one day I finished at 10. Some days I finished at five, but I went home and I continued some more work. I got an email this morning. So work is very hectic. Um, in terms of what I'm doing outside of that, I went to a very interesting um, social gathering or I would say a meetup event. It was an event for recommendation um, algorithms. And it essentially what that is, is, you know, when you go on Spotify or you go on YouTube, yeah. it's the algorithm that suggests what you should listen to next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But the conversation was about whether it's dangerous, um, how it empowers people. So um, a lot of conspiracy theories empower terrorists. I didn't know that. And also um, alternative news. So fake news that mm-hmm. gets circulated. Um, and how that gets recommended for YouTube and all of the social media channels. <clears throat> and it was a very interesting conversation and it kind of inspired a thought of us inviting someone on here eventually to talk about Spotify and their recommendation system and how um, artists get recommended, how the algorithm works mm. um, from a very technical, but also explain to me like I'm five type of way. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a very, very eventful week, but I'm I'm grateful to Sir, I'm grateful to actually go into that event as well, um, made some very important contacts. And yeah, hopefully in the future, you guys will see an algorithm episode from us. Definitely. But, I yeah. think that's so cool because even YouTube, it, seriously, like I had this thought yesterday, I was on YouTube, I was like, why are you recommending me this? Yeah. Like, I was like, I listen, I watch this type of content and you're recommending me this type of yeah. content. Like what what's going on? Yeah. Like what is happening? Don't watch the fight stuff. Don't watch this stuff. Like, why is certain channels being recommended to me? It's not my audience. It's yeah. not my type of thing. So I think they need to get better or more intuitive if they even should happen at all. Because I guess in the last decade, they've spewed an echo chamber kind of culture. Yeah. And Reddit and stuff like that are definitely rabbit holes where you can, they empower certain types yeah. of people. Obviously, they there can be great communities on there, but at the same time, t- loads of you know, terrorist groups, organizations, it's like Reddit has been mm. key in that. So that's a really interesting event that you've gone to. I'd love to know more about it. Um, but yeah. Well, in terms of what you just said, in like, I guess the trouble is with algorithms and stuff, when it comes to music is there's no control over it sometimes, um, what you get recommended. And unfortunately, when it comes to what's being blocked out, a lot of the times, um, if you say you don't listen to explicit things, in music, for example, that might block out some lyrics to do with maybe certain communities like the LGBTQ community. Some people will think that's explicit or that's offensive. Um, and that's something that's happened on YouTube. A lot of um, LGBTQ um, plus um, creators have been blocked by the algorithm um, because it's deemed as offensive content, even if they're just talking about their experiences. Um, so I know it's quite hard to actually figure out the perfect algorithm for anyone to actually engage with. But Nick is right. They do need to improve it. There are so many things that can be improved, especially the reason. Let me tell you the reason I left Apple Music. The reason I left Apple Music is because every day that I tried to go get a recommendation, it was Taylor Swift. I've listened to three Taylor Swift songs in my life, I think. Like, you know, I'm team. I don't I've never listened to this artist in my life um, with Billie Eilish and people like that. I don't understand why, why I'm being suggested Taylor Swift. I do understand Taylor Swift because you want more streams for certain artists, but I'm not going to engage. Why so are we recommending Taylor Swift? That's what I'm saying. So that's why I left Apple Music. Um, Shopee, you're silent. How are you? Um, yes. 
So, um, yes, this has been a, um, uh, a very, very tiring week, a very draining week. He's closing his eyes whilst he said that. But uh, I am very grateful for this thing called music. Uh, so prior to this week, and actually when I recorded last Saturday, wow, you guys are really hearing from me nowadays, huh? Mm. <laughs> we love to see it. We love to see it. Um, so prior to uh, the beginning of this week, even when we were recording last week, I was um, extremely anxious and somewhat fearful about what was coming up this week because of capitalism-related uh, events and responsibilities and protocols. And um, I, I was very, very, very anxious at the beginning of this week. And then um, I had plans of two two good friends of mine to see Tita Moses at the Jazz Cafe. And um, I'm a fan of her. So I was like, cool, we'll, you know, have fun, whatever. But literally from the first song, I just literally lit up. Like, not like on my face, but like my spirit lit up. I just felt so amplified. And I'm actually going to quote something that I texted to Nick when I came home actually because I felt like that is the right way to articulate what I want to say and let me just find it you're scrolling guys find it so I'm not going to say exactly what I said because it's none of your business but, um, <laughs> but, um, I love shopping <laughs> but you know I, I said that she was literally the uplifting that I need and it was very ironic because the first song she did was a song called Complex Simplicity which is the t- title track on her classic debut album and the show well the tour she was she's on right now is in, is in celebration of 15 years of that album and she did that she did that for the opening song and that song is literally about uh escapism and you know chilling out and not letting the uh, the world bog you down like inhale exhale come on mm. that's literally the looks of the song it's like so the fact that that was the opening song it just kind of was like exactly what i needed at that time in my life at the time mm. um so that's and then just the whole show was incredible so like i had seen her once before uh but the sound was terrible and it was so it wasn't the best experience because i was like i finally wanted to see her all this time and then she was having a lot of issues with the the microphone and the sound so i knew i'd see her again and everything was on point this time like and she was absolutely incredible and i just like Live music is the best form of therapy for me, but I feel like particular artists, and I really love going to smaller shows. Like, yes, I've you know it's all well and good going to like you No know, Wembley Arena and uh, O2 Arena and stuff like that, but like just and me as the R&B nigga of the, of the, of the trio here, like hearing good R&B soul music in a small intimate venue like the Jazz Cafe, it was just the best, the best, best environment, yeah. and it literally just kind of felt like um. Uh, yeah, I just like felt, I just felt great energy, great vibes. And I kind of left the show kind of like, okay, I can take on the rest of the week now. It was literally just like good food for for the soul. And um, mm. now going on to her herself, like that bitch can sing. <laughs> she was just killing it. Like, and I remember I was with my friend, uh, shout out to them, you know who you are. Like three songs in, I was like, this she's killing it, you know? Like we have, we we Chope literally says it like that. Like he'll tap you and be like, she's killing it, you know? Like, like, we, we still have like an hour and a bit left. And she was going in and the musicality on display was immense. Like the way she really 
flipped up and broke down certain songs. So, like, she has a really ratchet, trappy song called You Better Tell Her, which is basically the hood girl anthem of the 2000s. And she turned that into a punk rock song. And it was a vibe because I've never, ever thought of her voice fitting in that kind of space. And her band was just with these heavy guitars and heavy drumming. She was like, head banger vibes. But then she broke it back down to the R&B vibe again. <laughs> and then one song... Uh, no More Tears, which I love. She broke it down into like a little reggae vibe. And the way she just really took apart these songs, but it wasn't to the point where it kind of took away from what you love about the album. But like, she really expounded on the album while giving you how it sounds on the project. And then doing stuff from her mixtapes, Luxurious Undergrind, Clairvoyant, because a lot of people think she has nothing else in the world but Be Your Girl, Eden. Um and complex simplicity, but like, and that is obviously a classic song. Be your girl is a we can all agree that is a classic yeah. song, an underground classic. Classic. And shout out to her, she did the original and the Kitchenada remix, which gas. Oh me. really? She did both. She did both versions. Oh wow. Okay. And um, but no, like she did songs from her other projects, which I loved because she knows that people are coming to see that album but she's like can i do stuff from this mixtape can i do this from this album I'm like yes please do because you have fire on every project and she was amazing I'm like yeah man she was just yeah she was uh she was incredible and honestly like potentially top five show i've been to in in life she was mm. in, immaculate because the best shows for me they are also because yes of how great you know, the performance was or how great the band was or how great. But it's also about vibe and energy. Definitely. The vibe and energy in that room, she literally had the crowd in the palm of her hand. Like, yeah. the control, the... Like, we were just so in tune. And then also, she's just fucking hilarious. As well. She's a very funny, very sarcastic. And also, I'm just, like, so proud of her because... This is a woman I've been a fan of since I was nine years old. And she's not by any means a big superstar. But she has somehow managed to carve a, a long-standing career for 16 years on the basis of this one album. Literally on the basis of word of mouth. This mm. was before social media. Mm. And she has managed to build a consistent fan base. In the, imagine, and she's she's American. She did four songs at, at the Jazz Cafe. But you can ask most people, they don't know who she is. But on the basis of this one album... And it's the fact that she's been able to maintain and thrive. It's that cult following. Yes. She's maintained the she, cult she following. She has a very strong cult following. And she is literally one of the, probably one of the OGs when it comes to being independent artist. Yeah. Because she was literally throwing a mixtape before the, <clears throat> the quickness of social media. So like, like if you knew, you knew. Mm. And then that crowd is just so engaged and... Like she'll do certain songs. I'm like, but these are actually these weren't hits. These weren't singles. But everyone is singing. They them. know. They just know. Like they know every ad lib, or they know when the band is gonna come in. Like yeah. they just know it. So yeah, like she, so like it just kind of showed me that I have to make sure I keep going to uh, these shows when I can. As as Nick said, a form of peace for me because I if I literally I actually needed that. Even though the ticket was bought months ago and I knew I was going because I just love her anyway. But where I was at that time that day. And what was coming for me for us to be like, I, I, I need that. Sometimes life aligns like that. Like I've, I'm realizing a lot me being West Indian. I just am in touch with like spirit, my spiritual side. Now I'm get, getting more into that. And sometimes life will align and throw you stuff when you don't even know that you're going to need them. And I definitely feel like there's something, I was going to say this when you mentioned it, but there's something about the jazz cafe that that's just it, it, it's special it's incredible there is something whether it's spoken word whether it's old school r&b whether it's soul music 
that that venue is really special and we have to do everything we can to protect it because mm. it is one of the special live performance intimate mm. spaces mm. in london mm. that just ignites beauty from artists that play there most artists that i've seen there have been incredible so i can't i can't i can echo your sentiments yeah. and why you felt that vibe and that energy on that night yes it was her talent but it was also i think just the right venues for the right artists are yes. just uh, yes. uh, they can yes. bring yes. the world of talent out of them and it was someone that I've been needing to, wanting to see for a very long time. Like I said, I didn't see it three years ago, but the sound was terrible. And she, <laughs> and I was like, so, okay. And I, it wasn't her fault. Like, you know, yeah. these things happened. So I was like, I knew I had to go back. She, when she came back, I was going to have to like, this is like, this is the teaser experience that I've wanted for many, many years. And yeah. I, it, it couldn't have been any better. And my friends who were there, they both tell you, 10 out of 10 experience. Like we, the three of us, we fucking loved it. And it kind of leads into... My lessons for the week. So yes, <laughs> I'm recommending every T. Moses song and album and mixtape. So complex simplicity, critical conversations, luxurious undergrind, real patience, clairvoyant. Everything that T. Moses has on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify. Do yourself a favor and press play. She has more than "Be Your Girl." That is an amazing song and it's forever bang. But to me, if you just play that one song and, and the kitchen on the remix, but and she has no, she has heat. Just fire. And also, hold on. So, <laughs> she did. This is what you guys wanted. Oh, Shopper doesn't talk about his week. Well, now you know. Um, <laughs> Woo, guys, we've unlocked shopping. So, as we all know, Kate dropped his last album in December, Bubba. And Tidra is featured on one of those songs. Yeah. And she did the damn song. And I was like, Exo, Exo, Exo. Yes. Yo, I can't. Yes. I can't. A song. I can't. Someone order that. <laughs> yes. Culture. So, yes. Play, so I've been playing that best since. And I kind of like, I'm so glad she put that in a set. I'm so glad. It was oh, an immaculate, immaculate set. But if I have to name particular songs that I want um, Unigros and Nignogs to play from TJ Moses. Nig- <laughs> Sorry, I can't, I can't, I can't. So, because I've, I've been playing her her catalog in general this week since the show, but I want to name some songs to start you guys off for people who don't know anything else but Be Your Girl. I'm going to say it because she has other songs that exist. Shoppe needs Apple Shoppe Radio. Like, you know, Nikki has the <laughs> Queen Radio. Even. This guy keeps throwing shots in my direction. It's not, they are partially at Eden, but it's also wider. <laughs> it's, it's also people in general because people will be like, oh, I'm Teacher Moses, and they'll just say the one song. So yeah, I also would like to sh- shout out Caution, which is probably probably my top ever favorite. If I had to pick, I probably would say the song Caution, Rescue Me, Complex Simplicity, Caught Up, uh, Skin Diver, Yesterday and Tomorrow, which also is a word. That she didn't perform that song, but that also revisiting that this week, I was like, yes, yesterday isn't tomorrow. Yesterday isn't tomorrow. A word. And then also, radio, you're so different. No, we're, we're praising teacher today. We're praising teacher today. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Shop A Radio, debut episode. <laughs> um, missing you, get free. I can, um, I adore you. There's just so many, so many caught up, uh, like so many songs. And I'm just like, she's literally just an incredible story. Like her, her story is just so intriguing and mm. interesting to me because let let her if she'd come out like in the eighties or nineties, she literally would be doing nothing. But she came out just as the internet was starting to have a real impact on the industry, and now she's been able to maintain. She always says like, "I have no hits, 
I've never gone platinum. I've never gone gold, but I can tour over the world. Everywhere. And it's a testament to the fact that what we've always said, touring can secure your career and pay for your house and pay for your life and, and everything. And she said something that really stood out to me. She's like, my advice to all independent artists are just be good. Because like, the fact that I have no real label support, no real management is like, but people are here just because I'm good. music. Yeah. yeah. And I, is, this, just be good because if you're great, if you're talented, the audience will find you. Mm. And she is a living testament. You can have your cult audience. Yeah, exactly. 16 years, she has <clears> maintained <throat> a career. Largely on one album. Mm. She has other projects, yes, but largely. And her name album. means something. I don't think she realizes that you don't need to go platinum for your name to mean something anymore. Um, and her name means something. Yeah. I know that name and it, it doesn't, it's not low quality. You know what I yes. mean? That's like a name with gravitas. Yeah. So, so that is my first listen of the week. So my TJ Moses slash how my week has been. This is what we wanted. This is what we wanted. You may not get it next week. So, <laughs> sorry. So continue. my second listen is, so I mentioned him last week, Samo. He has kind of become one of my new musical obsessions. So I haven't really like, delved into it too tough but i have played it quite a bit this week so his second album called exit um i've been playing a lot and i just think he is a, a phenomenal talent a phenomenal vocalist writer so i just love how his voice like he's he is literally a singing ass nigga like he sings his face off but i love how it's so southern. It's so twangy. It's very churchy, but country and bluesy too. But then his music is like, is such a palette of like trap, blues, gospel, alternative R&B, like kind of worship in certain aspects. Like it's a very versatile project, but he's definitely in like the, you know, lo-fi, old R&B mm. gaze. But what I like is that he's not really just doing these like he's singing over these tracks. Like they're very sparse, very minimalist, but he's singing and he's arranging like the 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 vocal stacks. So he is, yeah, he's dope. He's 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 dope. Like he's he's just a very intriguing, unique artist from the, from his fashion sense to the way he he approaches his voice, his writing. Cause he literally has like the most ratchet of songs, but then you can have the most introspective and spiritual and self-afflicting oh, he's just he's great so i'm gonna name certain songs from his projects that have particularly um stood out to me so yellow diamonds um reason uh shondayo uh seasons that's probably my favorite song moving on and also these aren't actually on the project but he has another song called uh south star dragon boy and cheetah there's a, so you just check him out and if you haven't already listened to his watch his episode of terrell actually he has two episodes actually Two episodes on Terrell's show. He is an incredible and yeah, he's probably gonna be like one of my guys for 2020. I'm championing this boy. So yeah, that is me. Wow. Okay, that ended abruptly. I thought you had wow. more. I thought there was a stack. <laughs> Eden. I'm not gonna beat that to be honest. Uh, <laughs> As I said, his recommendation <laughs> has launched. I love it. I love the energy. I love it. Um so like Shoppe, because of the concert that I went to, I went back to some of um Sir's work. Um, I started listening to November, but I wasn't going to say anything while Shoppe was doing his thing over there. I did start listening to it. Um, I don't have any thoughts on it right now, but I did really enjoy it. I'd still prefer Chasing Summer personally. I agree. Um, it's better. But I will go back to it again at some point. But guys, let me tell you about the album that's been getting me hyped lately because 
I went to it randomly one day. Um, I can't remember when it was this week. And every song in it is a banger. Let's talk about Tame Impala, please. Oh, okay. 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 Tame Impala. Okay. Okay. Heat. Strong heat. Strong heat for the start of the year. I did like it. I've heard it. I've heard it once. I did like it. So the project is called The Slow Rush. It was released, I believe, last Friday or the Friday before that. Two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. And... I've never been on acid before, but I know that this album this is, is what it's like yeah. to be on acid. Because mm-hmm. honestly, son, I know we use this word a lot. Sonically, this album, just if you close your eyes, you can see it. Like everything that they're singing, um, the instruments that they use. Um, sorry, he uses. And also just the way he interacts with, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, it's an array of different sounds. Um, and the way that he uses certain um some features on his voice to make it stand out more, but also stand behind the instrumental. And I just love it. Honestly, I love it. Like some of it is, it will sound repetitive. Like there's a song on there called, um, and I wrote it down. It was called, I think it's posthumous forgiveness. Yeah. Or something like that. Or, or, or breathe deeper. One of the two, they're next to each other. So it's one of the two where it's literally the beat you just need to focus on. But the, Listen, guys, listen to this album because I can't even describe it correctly because I love this album. I love it so much. And um, I was go- I was getting ready to listen to it on the tube today and I was actually getting excited to listen to it. And I don't think that's happened in a while where I was actually excited to listen to an album, um, like proper excited. But yeah, listen to it. That's Tame Impala. Um, mm. The Slow Rush, you know, I'm that alternative person here. I listen to the most random shit and enjoy it. This was a really, really good project. Um, li- take a listen to it. Let us know what you think. Um, and if you like any of our suggestions, it's D A T S P O D. Next, we have Leanne Le Havas. Oh. So she made a return with a single called Bittersweet, came mm. out last week. It was the beginning of this week. Was it the beginning of this week? Yeah, yeah, beginning of this week. Beautiful song. Very beautiful, beautiful song. song. Very beautiful. She did a colours as well. Yeah, she did. Um, of the same song. She has returned to mm. her mm. strong vocals. Mm. Um, I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> Prince loved Leanne Le Havas. He adored her. Um, and her first album, um, No is Room for Doubt. Enough? Oh, is it, yeah. Is Your Love is Big Enough? Is Your Love Big Enough, guys. Is Your Love Big Enough. That's what it's called. The second one is called Blood. Blood. Blood, that's it. Um, the first one I I love. The second one I didn't like. Shop is surprised. Yeah, Shop is surprised by that, but whatever. Um, the first one <laughs> is my was favorite. Fire, guys. The first one was my favorite out of all of them. It's got no room for doubt. It's got lost and found. Oh my god! It's got age. It's got elusive. or cinema. Elusive. Forget. Basically, the whole thing. The whole album. The whole, the whole album the whole is thing. fire, and I'm it's so excited for her to come back to music. I'll be so interested to see what her time away brought to her because I know. Um, she had a few issues with her opinions during the Brit Awards and a few people believe she should be cancelled because of it. Um, just to give some context, just so I'm not leaving it in the air. Certain tweets. This was during the time, I don't know if you guys remember, there was an issue with the nominations at the Brits when it came to black artists. And um, a few artists came out and spoke about it, Jack yeah. Garrett being one of them, um, yes. who I haven't heard music from in a while. I'd love to hear some more music. Worry is a banger. Um and unfortunately, Leanne Le Havas came out and spoke about how um, it should be focused on talent. It shouldn't be based on race and some some things like that. I don't know if you listeners have heard of her before, um, but she's a mixed race woman, um, half Greek, half something else, I believe. Or she's I Jamaican and Greek. Yeah, Jamaican and Greek. That's it. Um, but hopefully her time away has allowed her to understand her identity more or understand the issues that came with that particular year. 
Um, as I believe Stormzy wasn't nominated that year. I can't remember, but I, I don't. It was a wild. It was back, like a very, very like and, good. And if you years. compare it to the Brits now, they have definitely improved. You can't say they have improved. Um, but yeah, hopefully her time away has improved. She was around Prince a lot, who I know has like some very pro-black opinions. Um, I, I know behind the scenes that Prince was quite pro-black. Um, so yeah, she's back. I'm excited for some more music. I'm excited for a potential album. Um, there's no news on an album coming out, I don't think. I don't think she said anything. She said last year the album's done. Yeah, but that was last year. We don't know. What... It was literally the end of last year. Yeah, but that was last year, so we don't know what's happening. The album's coming in 2020, obviously. Party Next Door said his album's coming out in February. Then his tweet really said it's coming out in March. really comparing an OVO artist to Leanne Lehendis. I'm saying I don't trust these artists when it comes to release. I will trust them when She's it's released in my Spotify. She's released a single. She did the colours. The campaign's in motion. That's amazing. The album's coming out when this the album year. is in my Spotify. I will so say the I'll album be very is coming happy. in 2020. Okay, I will wait and see it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and last She's doing festivals this year. That's great. She can perform Leanne, my old stuff. Leanne Lehavis is in album mode, guys. She's coming back. Anyways, um, Blood is a good album. Oh God, Jesus. <clears throat> Radio. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then lastly, I Gangibers, Gangibers. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> you to say yikes. This is the campaign we're in now. Yikes. Okay. All right. And then Little Burns will forever not rain. My last song, sorry, was li- my last album was Little Ghosts by Moonchild. Went back to that again because I had a terrible professional week this week and I needed an uplifting album. Um, if you're ever sad, listen to the other side, guys. That song will get you out of any mood. Um, honestly, made my entire day when I listened to that on the way into work. Um, and yeah, that's what I listen to. Nick. Um, this week, this week, this week, this week, this week. Uh how many should I give you guys? How many should I give you guys? Okay, so as of yesterday, I listened to Pounds' Smooth Criminal. If you don't remember, Stephanie was on our show last season and she obviously looks after Pounds. And yeah, so I gave him a listen. I've listened to him before, but this is his latest single and the visual obviously emulated Michael Jackson. Um, He was in pretty much a same suit get up like him, the white suit, the hat, everything. Um, He was actually dancing in his video, loads of choreography, really strong visual. And it hit um, a million in only a couple of days. So I feel like he's really one of the drill acts in the UK that are about to get the push, if not already. But um, I personally love the song. Personally with me and Drill, there are some great tracks. There are some tracks which aren't so great, like with any genre. But um, this song, I think he's got really good wordplay. Um, His ad-libs are quite impressive and quite funny, quite quirky, quite young, which fits his audience, to be honest, as well, in the era we're in. Yeah, I just think it was a nice listen, quite addictive. Yeah, I've been playing it since I played it beginning of yesterday, just continuing to kind of support. And I think I am going to, he's going to be one of the drill acts that I do pay more attention to this year, just to, just to see where we're at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to see where we're at. So um, yeah, that's Pounds. He's 
yeah, he's a really strong act and I can't wait to see his progression and growth. And I think he's got the right team and it's not just because Steph was on the show, it's just because I know she's really professional in terms of how she acts. So yeah, that's Pound Smooth Criminal. I'd say watch the visual as well because it's a really good visual. In terms of the UK, we are in an era where we're getting so much better at it and there's so much more investment and so much creative direction. And I don't think you necessarily need a big budget to create a great visual. And I think a lot of... um directors and people who are actually filming the visuals are getting better at doing that over here there's a lot of incredible acts in so many different genres r&b hip-hop um uk hip-hop drill grime of course killing it in the visual arena shout out to the likes of ray fiasco who are continuing to back that um i know he filmed a lot of miss banks's recent visuals so yeah shout out to him so yeah that is pounds I'll move on to Keith Sweat. So, oh, Pink Sweat. Sorry, Pink Sweat. <laughs> Pink Sweat. 17. He dropped um, yesterday as well. New Music Friday. Pink Sweats is now signed to Atlantic Records. So he was indie before, recently got a deal. And this is his latest release on there. Very, very, very great number. Very melodic. His vocals, Pink Sweats always comes through with the vocals. In my opinion, he's one of the new R&B cats who are just vocally brilliant and I know there was a debate this week again as it comes every few months about R&B being shit yesterday I'm looking at you making the band does not need to come back because R&B is in a great state especially with your songs being the judges yeah uh there's yeah I just think stay off whatever you're on right now because I think there's some stuff that you're on. I'm not going to say what, but I think there's some stuff and just focus on being that billionaire coon that you are. But yeah, anyway, Pink Sweats, amazing vocals. Um, 17's great. Such good lyricism. I think Pink Sweats writes a lot of his own material as well. He's got volume one and volume two, which dropped in 2018 and 19 respectively. So um yeah, I think listen to all of those songs and EPs and then get into this latest one called 17. I cannot wait to see what he does this year. He's released a visual for it as well, which is super strong. Um, and I'm, I'm a big fan of Pink Sweats. I've always been shouting his praises since he kind of arrived on the scene. And yeah, super melodic, super cool. You know, if you've just had a breakup, maybe don't listen to this. But if you're in the strongest of hearts, listen to it. It's just another R&B record about love, you know, it's strong and he's got he's got a really rich tone to his voice as well, which I love. So that's him. Party Next Door, the guy who's not having an album drop in February, um, just dropped Split Decision, the latest single, as well as announcing that his album is coming out next month. Split Decision is actually one of the only singles I do like from this campaign so far. So um, if you don't know, he released a song with Drake. Um, as well as a song in the remix actually with Bad Bunny as well, Loyal. And then he released the news, which both were kind of boring. And yeah, like to be honest, they just didn't have the sound that I think he needs to emulate this era. It just kind of sounded like throwaway tracks, to be honest. Um, I did kind of assume that maybe the delay was because he couldn't get the sound together or something. That's not an official reason. It's just what I think from behind the scenes. But let's hope that when Party Mobile drops in march it's uh sonically great but yeah this song is a typical kind of trap soul era song from your bryson's from your tories it sounds very toronto in terms of the the lingo he's using the kind of tone he's using too obviously i think with trap soul when canadians do it especially um people from ontario from toronto they have a specific kind of um sound to their voice as well and that that's obviously throughout 
Party is very melodic too in some of his choices of songs and construction of those songs. Um, I think, yeah, if you've heard Party Next Door 1 and 2, this slots in really perfectly right there. And yeah, this is the kind of sound I wanted to him to emulate on the next album. So yeah, the next album's looking as for the the releases about 15 songs long so i'm just hoping there's a good chunk of tracks there that i can add and like enjoy but yeah so another delay he'll be out in march but this single is out now uh and i'll give you one more because i'm just gonna go on if not because there's a lot i listened to this week um lady gaga's back and she released stupid love again a visual and single release a lot of artists doing that this week um doja cat as well being one of them too um, but yes, Stupid Love arrived on Friday morning too with a visual which was filmed on an iPhone, I believe, shot by an iPhone. And Stupid Love dabbles in 80s synth wave or synth pop. And I personally really like this song. A lot of people were saying it sounds dated, it sounds this, it sounds that. But in an era where we have, you know, the weekend dabbling with 80s synth pop as well and an array of artists using that vintage kind of nostalgia, I don't mind it. And I like people using nostalgia that's outside of the 90s to be honest because I'm kind of bored of that at this point it's been exhausted it's tiresome since the start of the decade the deck this yeah decade since the start of this decade since the start of last decade pretty much people have just been just arguably a bit lazy in terms of just relying on those concepts you know even Bruno Mars my biggest critique of him is that he relies on that a lot yes he goes to the 70s as well yes there's a bit of 80s influence and funk and stuff like that but 90s. 50s and 60s 50s and 60s there. if you want to go back back but in terms of the 90s nostalgia especially visually it's just tiresome at this point so I'm, I'm happy with Lady Gaga going back a decade before um, even though some artists do do that I personally really love the song I love her voice I love her range I love her when she uses her deeper um, deeper parts of her voice as well when she done that a lot on the chorus um i love the ad libs towards the end of the song she was giving real kind of like how the divas of yesteryear would kind of do ad libs on their songs and really go hey and all this kind of stuff i, I was just really enjoying that vibe from her and i've I've been a Lady Gaga fan since the beginning, to be honest. And she's she's she is one of the most talented artists of that we have right now. She she really is in terms of act being an actress, in terms of being an artist, artist, in terms of like being back of house, involved in the creative process, producing process, um, exec producing process, lyrics, obviously songwriting process. She's very hands-on, very gritty. Um, and she's always even though with some albums they've dabbled into other genre influences, she's always been a pop girl at heart. And I love that she's come back to that. And it's just a roaring, thumping, loud, anthemic song. It's dramatic. It's very her. And the visual is just as dramatic. At the, at the start, I was a bit like, what is this visual? What are we doing here? But I watched the full thing in combination with the song. And do you know what? I love it. I'm glad she went in the studio with Max Martin. Um, and... I can't wait to see what Lady Gaga 6, which is her next era, has has to play. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of her. Huge, huge, huge fan of her. And I cannot wait to see what comes in the later years. And I hope it's a successful campaign and I hope it's a successful song. So well done to her. And a quick shout out to Doja Cat, who will dominate this spring. So just get ready for it right now because the, the gears have turned. The trajectory's going up. Her team are back of house. They've devised a new strategy. She went on holiday and now she's back. And she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting for that career now. So billboards, keep chart watching. 
she's coming this is this is it this is the cardi year for her she she's she's going to be here for a while and there's many singles on that album hot pink to come so shout out to doja i'm really excited to see where she comes from this um just can we move away from dr luke please thanks um anyway let's go to the news okay let's move into the news um again i just feel like this season is sad on some points but yes, let's move on to, yeah, someone from our region, particular region, um, Duffy. So Duffy is back on the scene. Um, hopefully it will be po- more positive news later on in the year. But as of now, she has returned. Um, and if you don't remember, she had a very, very blossoming career. It was She was everywhere at one point when we were younger. And then she took a notable hiatus, like a very big hiatus in her career. And we now have hints as to why this happened. There's a particular statement that was released to Instagram. Her full name, obviously, Amy Duffy, um, has admitted that she was raped and drugged as well as being held captive. Um, A very lengthy Instagram post. yeah many of you wonder what happened to me where did I disappear to and why a journalist contacted me found a way to reach me and I told him everything this past summer so I'm assuming this is 2019 uh he was kind and felt so amazing to finally speak the truth is and please trust me I'm okay and safe now but I was raped drugged and held captive over some days of course I survived I can tell you in the last decade, the thousands and thousands of days I committed to wanting to feel the sunshine in my heart again. The sun does now shine. You wonder why I did not choose to use my voice to express my pain, she questioned. I did not want to show the world sadness in my eyes. I asked myself, how can I sing from the heart if it's broken and slowly unbroke? In the following weeks, I will be posting a spoken interview. Um, and if you have any questions, I would like to answer them in the spoken interview if I can. I have a sacred love and sincere appreciation for your kindness over the years. You have been friends. I want to thank you for that, Duffy. Um, and she's obviously asked that this is a gentle move for her to make. Um, and she does not want any intrusion on her actual wider family. And she really encourages for a positivity throughout this whole experience to come. And this is the first news story of this week, musically, um, in relation to Duffy. How do you guys feel about this revelation? Um, it's obviously very sad to hear. Um, I was wondering what, ha- what happened to Duffy. Um, because I remember she had that one single. What's it called again, Shopee? She had more than one single. But there was one single that really blew up. Mercy. Mercy, that's it. Um... And then she kind of disappeared for a bit after the hype for the, from that kind of died down. But she reached the second album, which flopped. And then after that, she disappeared. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of wondering what happened to her. But it's also interesting because it also emphasizes the point that unlike the product line um, that we kind of assume artists to be, they have their own things going on behind the scenes. Um, and it's very, very sad to hear of this in particular um duffy never seemed to do anything to anyone as far as i'm concerned when it came to being problematic or anything she made her music and she did her thing um but yeah honestly it's it's really sad to hear very very sad and 
I'm I'm looking forward to hearing about the story, but I'm not at the same time. Just to share the experience that she's gone through, um, to um emphasize not emphasize to empathize with her. Um, but yeah, it's very very sad to hear. So yeah. Um. Yeah. Echoing Eden's points. Yeah. Um. I too had just wondered where she had been because, as Nick said earlier, she was massive her first album rock fairy which came out in 2008 was a very very successful album i believe it was actually the best-selling album of that year actually and she won like what three brit awards and she won a grammy uh this was in the era of the new amy winehouses so this is mm. when adele had just come out yeah duffy and florence in the machine and gabriel chomi and she was arguably she was the bigger she was the biggest star of that crop of new girls and i loved her first album it was very very cool she reminded me of like um a contemporary um dusty springfield very much Ooh. like um very akin to the the british invasion of the early 60s and um yeah i like great very talented songwriter too warwick avenue was a very great song and then yeah her second album didn't do well and then yeah, like she just literally just vanished. Like we didn't hear anything from her for I think she's done like a good ten years. I think it's been last mm. that, that second album came out, and then to hear that these were the grave circumstances that she was dealing with. It wasn't. It's one thing if she just wanted to you know live life, but when you hear things like rape and drugging and being held captive, it's like wow. I can't even imagine the psychological trauma that she has had to weather over this, these last couple of years, and then probably have the, the pressures of my music and where am I going with my career and I just can't imagine what she's gone through so like Eden too um I'm gonna say I'm looking forward to hearing this interview but um I definitely am intrigued to uh find out what exactly has been going on and I'm, I feel very very sad I hope she's um you know um in a much better space and I hope she's you know gone to see a therapist or a counselor hope her family's her family and friends have been supportive and um yeah and you know hopefully you know She's in a better space to come back. I'm assuming she's probably have she probably has music coming soon. I'm assuming, um, but yeah, hopefully she, she's in a better space to handle the the rigorous demands and interesting parameters of the music industry. That is my opinion. Um, I'd echo the boys' sentiments. I'm not necessarily looking forward like uh, hawkishly like that in that kind of lens. It's not it's not something to be trivialized or something that's to be taken lightly these artists are real people and that's that's real that that experience is real and it has lifelong damages unfortunately um people are ugly in this world and yeah um with duffy i just hope that the healing has happened and it will continue to happen throughout her life and that she has access to those resources to unlock that healing and that's so traumatic man it just highlights how real things like sex trafficking and stuff like that is because I remember when I went to Toronto I was speaking to some creatives out there and it's really common out there so yeah it's it just it makes me even more vigilant with particularly women obviously it happens to men as well but like with women um and how they're protected and how so many women are and girls are walking around having been touched or 
gone through some kind of ex- traumatic experience in that realm. So it just it just reiterates the fact that I, as a man, have to just be a lot a lot more vigilant and a lot more sensitive when it comes to issues such as this. Um, yeah, and Duffy, I think it's important to remember Duffy didn't have to come out about this. So to the journalists, to the people who will speak to her, to the members of the public, to her fans, whether that's anyone listening to this or not, I think we just need to be very careful with how we approach this and how we engage with Duffy going forward, especially if, as Shoppy said, she releases music, she tours. I think it's just a very sensitive issue. And although she's very much opened the floodgates and said she wants to talk about it, I think there's a way to talk about it. And like from our side of view, not hers, there's a way for us to approach these conversations. Um in a human in a human way so that's those are my thoughts and I I just love respect and you know positive thoughts towards her and I pray that she's in the best place she can be having survived those traumatic circumstances and yeah it's just sad man it really it really is sad that's that's all I've got to say on that one it's just it's, it's really sad and disgusting that people have their autonomy infringed upon, unfortunately. But yes, let's move on because it's really sad. Um, Jay-Z, so he's back in the news. Uh, we've spoken about him quite a lot as of late, but um, Jay-Z and Yo Gotti have helped 150 inmates to file for second lawsuit against a Mississippi uh, Department of Corrections for barbaric prison conditions so this last wednesday feb 26 the social justice department of rock nation filed a second civil lawsuit against that mississippi department of corrections uh this was on behalf of 152 inmates uh and rock is requesting that barbaric conditions are immediately addressed uh they're also requesting that a full plan to eliminate the health uh and safety risks for these inmates in this uh, center developed within 90 days. So that's three months. Uh, So many times the food is um, adulterated with rat feces, cockroaches, rocks, bird droppings, and other foreign matter. The toilets routinely back up and flood the prison cells, which allows fecal, fecal matter, urine, and water to cover the floors and drain out into the housing unit's common space. Uh, and the portable system at Parchman is contaminated with human feces um, from the sewer systems. So the lawsuit goes on to explain the inmates' urgent need for medical attention um, for the likes of, wow, cancer, lupus, and serious heart defects and more. So there's been riots internally since December. So um, late December this is because of these poor conditions. Uh, and Tom, t- sorry, Tom, Team Rock's lawsuit is asking for safe, livable environments. Um, and this follows a similar lawsuit from Jay Gotti and Team Rock filed in January, again on behalf of inmates, this time 29, against Palisha E. Hall and Marshall Turner, the Commissioner of the Mississippi Department of Corrections and the Superintendent of the Mississippi State penitentiary respectively so that is the case with jay-z and Yo Gotti and rock and the lawsuit for the inmates in mississippi 
So what are you guys' thoughts on this action being taken? Um, I mean, well, I have no issue with this. I think I'm very happy that, you know, uh, people are, you know, trying to uh, make better living conditions for these inmates. Um, reading reading the article, it just kind of was always showing to me I could never go to prison. Like, I could, I could never do it. Don't let Orange is the New Black for you. Prison is is a fuckery. I could never do it. Like the way people, the way inmates are treated in there, is literally like they're animals. Like they don't, like they don't have lives. Like they're not really people with with any emotions or feelings or health issues. It's just, it's just disgusting. Like how can you? I understand you know do your crime, do the time. I get that, but like how can you be living somewhere with rats and rat shit? and piss and unhealthy food just that's this that's your this is your surroundings for the time you do the duration of your sentence and you can't even live in sustainable in a sustainable environment and um yeah that's that's it really just i could never go to prison yeah i mean even some of those people since they're in there for life or even if they're not in for life some people they come to like outside and they can't exist in outside conditions because they're just used to their condition of being in prison um for me it's i'm uh, conflicted i know you're gonna say the fact it's jay-z i'm conflicted with that i know i always critique the carters and um some of the things that they do um but okay um but there are some things that um jay-z does that i think are very important and it does echo the fact that although we can critique black billionaires or billionaires in general, that they do have a certain power that some of us don't. Um, and it's good to see things like this. It makes me feel good to know that the people that are considered the bottom barrel of society in America are getting um, taken care of by a black man or two black men. Um, but it's interesting because at the moment in America, the main conversation is Medicare and um, about the distribution of money. Um, Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world um, and has committed to, um, I think it was a hundred, like something billion or a hundred million or something along those lines to help with the environment. Um, so there, there's a bit of a critique on the way that billionaires spend their money and how they actually help um, poorer communities. So I think it's good. I'm seeing a lot of good things happen. Um, I do have a critique for Jeff Bezos, but this isn't that type of show. Um, but Jay-Z, well done for this. Hopefully, well, what else can I say? <laughs> like, well done, Jay-Z. Um, and hopefully we see more efforts like this in the future. I'm still skeptical of the NFL deal. This doesn't turn away from that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we can't turn away from the fact that he is actually helping black people. That's all I have to say, really. Yeah, I'd agree. Literally, you can think two, three, four different things at the same time. Um, this is amazing for the prisoners. Is it, to be honest, is it actually amazing or is it just being a human being, to be honest? Like, as Chopin highlighted, it's like, this is, why are they eating this? Why mm. are they drinking that? Why are they smelling that in their living space? Um yeah so it's the humane thing to do it's kind of like what rihanna said at the image awards like we just need to it's not about her it's about the people under her and who she's she's trying to help so yeah i just wish more humans move like this and i wish that the right thing was always done but unfortunately 
America is hell on earth, um, as well as here, as well as England. But um, yeah, I just, I always care about the prisoners in this situation who, some of which are probably right are wrongfully there to be honest um let's get real with the justice system in the states but um yeah i just hope this case goes through i hope the lawsuit is actioned and the right legal procedures are followed to enable this to actually be actioned and that 90 day limit is um adhered to and yeah just it's, it, the prison industrial complex in the states is 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 trash like literally the fact that they this is unrelated but the fact that they literally only made lynching illegal days ago um is trash so it just really highlights the united states and their individual states are whack in most arenas to people like us anyway um i'm gonna move on wait let me just add to that because you guys i don't know if you guys have experienced this but when i was younger i wanted to move to america I was like, oh, I'd love to live in America. I was watching That's So Raven. Oh, San, San Francisco looks amazing. <laughs> or I'd watch, there was a show. I don't know if anyone remembers on MTV. It was called Taking the Stage. I don't know if anyone watched that before. If you don't, it's Who really good. It? No one. It was about school kids at a um, oh. performing art school. And oh. it was really, really good. Um, but I remember watching that. I think it was shot in Atlanta. And I was like, I really want to go there. But now, like, I look at America and I'm just like, <laughs> this is how people... Like this is the this is the country of the free world. You know the next place I want to move to Cuba because listen, Cuba, Cuba looks amazing. Cuba looks like where it's at. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Isn't Cuba racist as well? Everywhere's racist. So you, but when you're black, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you do. There's a black community everywhere though, and I I think um in terms of they have free healthcare in Cuba, and um oh I didn't know this. Yeah, free- they they have free healthcare. <laughs> Whoa! We're about to fly out this bit. We're about to fly out this bit. All I need is a great media landscape out there, and we're good. We're good. But um, that's mad. That's not bang the table, you know. That's mad. <laughs> Free healthcare. That is what is important in 2020. Yeah. Okay, like it's one but, of the um, things that Castro was so passionate about. Yeah, he was um, actually. Uh, random fact: I'm I'm really intrigued in Fidel Castro's history and the way he fought the U.S. and stuff like that research that is very mm. fascinating they tried to assassinate him over 200 times so those yeah. year 10 history lessons got had me googling like, <laughs> trust me. i didn't study him in school i didn't study there him was either. a this small is my little thing. subsection where they were like and the u.s better do yeah. it i was just like well yeah they, cuba let's do some googles they tried to kill yeah. him so they sent his wife to try and kill him and she didn't do it she's confessed not. the night before anyway isn't that type of podcast sorry we love to see it though but yes um it's so hard with me because America's America's in terms of the industries that I work in is significantly more advanced than the UK. And that's not saying the UK share or anything. We're making great strides, but in the US it's just more infrastructure, but health being a black guy, it, it's quiet. Mm. Like, especially like New York, the holiday days, it's quiet, you know. And I've even booked New York, but still, whenever I head to JFK, <laughs> that airport is slums. Like, in terms of how they treat you, yeah, it, it's nuts. So, I don't think I could live there for an extent. Like, I couldn't live there my whole life. I could probably do like little, you know, trips and for work and stuff like that. But, yeah. I did have that American mm. dream. I, you know, that Kool-Aid, you know, got sipped. But yeah, it's nuts. America's nuts. Especially to disenfranchised people like us. Mm. Um, 
I'm going to, oh, no, none of the news agendas are great this week. <laughs> so I was about to say, we're going to move on, but it's still well, shit. I, just, like, I think for me, uh, I don't know. Since in my recent, you know, excursions to, Excursion. the, to, to the States, I, I can't like, I just like, I'm obviously very aware, especially as someone that has read extensively on race relations in the United States, uh, fiction and nonfiction. But like when I'm like when I'm there, like I I can't lie, like I do just it's it's a great place. <laughs> and I think you both can attest to that. Yeah. Like when I was in New Orleans, when me and Nick were in New Orleans last year, when I was in San Francisco. He loved Nola. I was just like, ugh, is this certain thing when I was in Oakland last year? Uh they're just and yeah, I think I don't know if I said it on the show, but Nick and Eden know Oakland has my heart. <laughs> um, Basically. Like vibes. And oh, and people. Anyway, um, <laughs> you're getting a lot from shopping this season, yeah, guys. You're I'm just get. letting you know. Uh, but yeah, no, like I'm just like there are just certain experiences that I had there, certain people I was meeting out there, certain conversations I was having out there, and also once again, it's me that works in music. Like I know, and with the kind of interest and taste that I have, I know that there are more spaces out there mm. for someone like me compared to here. But obviously, I'm very aware. But I don't know. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I could live there either. I don't think. Oh, what? I think it will really depend. If, if we could do this, if we could do this podcast in America, we had a sponsor and everything. I could live there. But when it goes, when it comes to working in like a corporate environment, you get like ten days holiday. Yeah. My wife gets pregnant. Yes, it's yes. hard. Medicare yeah. is yeah. promised. Yeah. Like the ambulance yeah. costs ten k. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like you know, yeah, all that. So that's another thing too. So I think. So Eden's point, if like, you know, we were able to, you know, launch this show, you know, internationally and whatever, and be able to work as creative freelancers or as creative people, then I think definitely so. But also my uncle said this because my uncle, um, he works there for two years. He said to live here, you need money. Yeah. It's like, it's one thing to, it's strug- not a joke. It's one thing to struggle in London, but struggling in America ain't it. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. And yeah, same with one of my other friends that he moved there, uh, a few a few years ago and he's like i have to have a high paying job because shit is expensive mm-hmm. it's real it's super super expensive and san francisco especially i think is actually the most expensive state yeah it's super expensive what even more expensive than new york apparently so yeah wow just because of the gentrification stuff uh, like, that. Okay. like yeah but new york is no i'm of, of course new york is expensive also like but apparently like san Francisco is the most expensive state in mm. United States wow. and like I loved I loved San Francisco I loved Oakland and I, I love New Orleans I will be in New York this year Afropunk Brooklyn I need your lineup to be announced so I can book a holiday from capitalism <laughs> um, I'm in New York too May guys. is Afropunk worth going to I've never been to one I well this is the thing so don't ask Alex um, Alex Reed yes I'm going to say your name <laughs> <laughs> so because he he's been to Paris and he had he had an amazing time. So yeah. I've I've only been to the ones in London. I went uh, and I, I had an amazing time both times I went. And the first time especially was a very a very uh, edifying experience for me. Like to just be in a room full of black people, but black people because we're not on a monolith. Black people that kind of were on my wavelength. That mm. we kind of like we kind of like we understood each other. It wasn't because everyone in black everyone in black ain't. Well, sorry, rewind. Not all skin folk is kin folk. So 
but also like the the acts that were there, all the different stores, all the different food, all the different black businesses that were selling their products and apparel there. I had an amazing time. Like it, like the, my first experience there, that was Grace Jones headlined. Scissor was there. This is before Scissor blew up. Yeah. Scissor was there. Quabs was there. Evan UK was there. Uh, Hannah Faith did an amazing Clara Ampho DJ'd. Like I've seen Thundercat there. I've had I've had some incredible live music experiences at Afropunk. But I know London is the ghetto. And I know that the American versions are where the real the real fight is. Because it's actually a festival out there. Because in the UK it's inside. The in uh, in the US. And I think Paris too, they're actually outside, yeah. like you no know, real festival should be. And two of my friends went to the Brooklyn one two years ago. And just from watching their stories on Instagram, and when we met up when they came back, I had so much FOMO. Like, it just sounded like they had the best time of their life out there. And it makes sense considering that's where Afropunk was birthed. It's an American organization. And, you know, I I rate them that they've expanded to the UK and Paris and Brazil and South Africa. But ultimately, we know it started in New York. So that's probably where, you know... That's That's the stomping ground. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, everyone, for me personally, I, but I'm someone who loves live music. I love going to music festivals. I'm very sociable during the summer. Yeah. So I think Afropunk Brooklyn is going gonna, is gonna to be yeah. life-changing for me. There's something about New York for me. Like, I already, I've been to a couple of states and stuff, but there's something about New York for me. And it just, maybe it's me being a Londoner, but even when I was younger, what Eden said about America, I've always... There was a time where I felt like I should have been born in New York. Like Me I just too. felt like I was a New York kid. Like just the connection, the job. Like even going there two years ago, went on a solo trip and then went to DC and then went back to New York. It's oh, it's just so nuts. Like the culture, mm. the Latin American influence, mm. the African American mm. influence, the mm. boroughs, the, the oh, history, like and just how proud New Yorkers are. Like the mm. different boroughs, and it's like it's not just uh, there's a obviously a hom- homogenized kind of New York proudness, but then there's like a, a regional New York proudness. It's like, no, Bronx, the Bronx is the best. No, Harlem's the best. No, this is the best. No, that's the best. And it's just like, they're all so confident. And Americans, the one thing about Americans is they'll make you, as a creative, you'll go out there and they will, you'll be the shit. Like after day two, they'll make you know that you are the shit at what you do. They'll be like, yeah, Nick, why are you so humble about what you do? Like you need to be bossed up in these situations and say what you say. Like they just have this empowerment thing, which is so cool. And they gas you up. They gas you up and they gas themselves up and they support and all this kind of stuff. And London's getting to that place in terms of us starting to support each other. But I just think New York, they're just so proud. And that is the Mm. one thing I'll take away from going there all the, like when I've been there, couple of times is yeah they're just so proud and the most randomest shit will happen in new york and the trades like just <laughs> new york's mad funny mad funny mad funny and i haven't been since i was uh 14 so when I you're go, gonna enjoy when it. i go this year i'll be going for the first time as an adult yeah and now knowing what i know now about me as a person but also just you know general life experience and also I actually wrote my my university dissertation on on the Harlem Renaissance. Yep. So I need to revisit Harlem, Harlem especially because that has always been a hub of art and poetry and music and fashion. So like 
I just, it's such a vibe. Maybe there. I'll end up staying there. Maybe I'll end up staying in Harlem. It's such a vibe there. I'll tell like the oh, it's such so a like, vibe. So like I am saying like I I get and what I love about America is and I was discussing this with someone when I was in Sheffield. Like every <laughs> state and every city in the states is a different vibe. Mm. Whereas no shade to the UK, but you can go to various places in the UK and it's kind of the same kind of vibe. Like I'm sorry. Let's call the thing a thing. Wait, say that again? We're not putting down the UK, though. This is not the show like we're doing We're not putting down the UK, but yeah. you can go to varying states in America and they each have their own like identity. Their it's own just because they're, yeah. I just think it's just because it's just because they're bigger. And I think it's hard, it's hard to compare England to America just purely by size. Like just thinking of the size. We you know what I mean, do that. But I know exactly what you mean. Like culturally, there's so many different spaces and even in the south like uh enola is not going to be in atlanta which is not going to be the north carolina the north carolina that's what yeah north carolina exactly or, texas. or memphis yeah memphis all this kind of stuff and even within texas like houston all dallas. of these dallas all these kind of moods and stuff so i just think there's yeah there's a lot there's a lot of different cultural palettes over there california you've got so many you've got the bay area you've got san francisco hollywood yeah different, different moods or sunset like, yeah yeah sunset boulevard exactly yeah. there's so many different vibes but yeah man i i love going there but there's the good and the bad. The yeah, grass isn't always greener. Of course, of course. Yeah. I had a particularly bad experience in New Orleans last year, which I won't be sharing. Um, oh, yeah. And Nick knows. Nick knows yeah. what I'm talking about. Um, uh, yeah. The ghetto. Um, yeah. <laughs> Basically, Americans come with more energy as yeah, well. Exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. More energy, but it's fine. It's fine. We got over that. But, and I yeah. always say this: like Americans, America could be really great, but can be really, it can get really bad too. Like it's two opposite extremes. Like. They can be so warm, but they can really be the opposite in a second. <laughs> in a second. And my yeah. NOLA experience in a particular um, club uh, exemplified that for me. <laughs> but we will not be sure. I'm not even, I'm not laughing at shopping, by the way. I'm just laughing at zero, the zero to 100. Because like, <laughs> it can. It was wild. It was a but, very wild um, situation. But yes, um, where were we? We were ending our new yes, story we on Jay-Z, Jay-Z, right? Yeah, okay. Right. <sighs> I'm over this. I'm actually over this. I don't even want to say her name. Ooh, but, um, yeah. Uh, so Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones decided to pull up a budget this month. And they got Normani, Scissor, and Megan Thee Stallion covering their April issue. Um, and yeah, I think it's this is this is about the newcomers and the people set to dominate um the music industry going forward so they each had their own profile story um and in normani's cover story she expressed her ongoing issue with camilla cabello now this happened years ago but um there were racist slurs from cabello uh and derogatory memes from the singer's personal tumblr accounts which resurfaced a few months ago back on Twitter and so wider social media which actually caused um, Cabello to apologise uh, in the days that came after but um, the journalist who profiled Normani for her Rolling Stones individual cover her e-special cover uh, asked her about this issue and how she felt about it Normani at first said she's not responding on set or wherever they were at the time uh but she's going to respond via email. Uh, and she did a couple of days later, which was, as we pointed out on our Instagram, a great PR move. So 
In this email, she said, uh, I want to be very clear about what I'm going to say on this uncomfortable subject and figured it would be best to write out my thoughts to avoid being misconstru- misconstrued, Sorry, as I have been in the past. I struggled with talking about this because I didn't want it to be a part of my narrative, but I am a black woman who is a part of it, an entire generation that has a similar story. Uh, it was devastating that this came from a place that was supposed to be a safe haven and a sisterhood because I knew that if the tables were turned, I would defend each of them, each of Fifth Harmony that is, in a single heartbeat. It took days for her, Camila Cabello, to acknowledge what I was yes, dealing say with her name. online. Um, I added that, but yes, to say her <laughs> name. Say her name. Uh, <laughs> um, for her to... T- <laughs> Wench. <laughs> this guy, Shope Soatil, I'm done. Wench. I'm finished, yeah. He's approaching the mic again. I'm saying, is he going to say medieval something? curse words. Like- <laughs> Wench, you know. Wench. Are we in a 50s Frosties commercial <laughs> about Wench? Anyway. Well, she is one. And to be honest, her video was recently based on the 60s and stuff. But yeah, anyway, um, I would defend each of them in a single heartbeat. It took days for her, Camillo Cabello, to um, acknowledge what I was dealing with online and then years for her to take responsibility for the offensive tweets that recently resurfaced. Whether or not it was her intention, this made me feel like I was uh, second to the relationship that she, Camilla Cabello again, had with her fans. I really hope that an important lesson was learned in this. Uh, I hope there is a genuine understanding about why this was absolutely unacceptable. I've spoken what is in my heart and pray this is transparent enough that I never have to speak on it again. To my brown men and women, we are like no other. Our power lies within our culture. The end. Um, That's it. So what do we think about Normani readdressing these statements? Um, obviously, she was asked to do that. This didn't come from her doing that. But um, yeah, what were thoughts? And on the, as forementioned, wench, uh, Camilla Cabello, what are our thoughts? Um, I think it's a great PR excuse to like leave halfway for an interview. Be like, actually, let me think about this. Let me send it to you in a letter. Um, obviously, Normani has a great team behind her um, who want to actually see her career go quite far and are aware of the fact. What did I say? Why are you looking at me? No, just... Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, did I say the right person? Um, and obviously, want her career to go quite far. So the fact that she has people who know about like when to say something, when not to say something is really interesting. Um, also, her situation reminds me of like, you know, when it's like maybe you're leaving drinks or like you're about to leave a company and you just had like beef with this one person and you just couldn't say it to them because obviously it's work and you have to be professional and stuff like that. But maybe one day like someone from work comes up to you and is like, oh, like I saw you never spoke to James in accounting. How comes? And <laughs> you're just like, you know what? The reason I'm leaving anyway, James is a bitch. I just don't like James. And that's kind of what it reminded me of. Normani just came out and was just like, listen, I didn't appreciate these comments. Um, she probably couldn't say at the time because of um, group um, morale, unity, all those types of things. Um, but the fact she's able to be honest with her past now is really good. Because if you watch some of the videos um, in the past, you can see there was tension between the members. You could see that a lot of them didn't get on. There were like mini groups. We spoke about this before the show of um, people who liked each other versus people who were just kind of ignored mm. the wench. Um, 
and just in general, it seems like Normani seems to be on, uh, what's it called? She seems to be rising. Um, so I hope it continues to go well for her. I saw a picture of uh, the other person recently um, for the movie she's going to be in. I'm not interested whatsoever. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's all I got to say. Um, I think with Normani, she's had a difficult time in a lot of a lot of ways uh, in this industry thus far. I think that she has been asked about this before, and she has clarified it before. So it's interesting that this has come up again. But I'm happy that she's kind of put the she's blanketed it out she said what she had to say and hopefully this doesn't come up again we don't need it to come up again we don't need the wench's name in her mouth again we don't need it i don't need that toxic latina in our life like go away um so yeah i think she she handled it like a real boss she 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 went back and clarified her statements and i think she took ownership back and whether that was a PR move or herself, she took ownership back. You don't always have to answer things in the moment. You can go and think about it and say what you have to say, especially on a sensitive topic like this, where I love, where she didn't have control before, where fans were literally ignoring her because she was the only black one in the group and then go into the other girls. And then Normani had to sit there and pretend to be happy. Like she had a tough time as a, a darker, I'm not going to say completely like the darkest of the dark, but a darker black woman in pop music, which is so hard to already do already. Um, it's hard for her. And then to be subjected to racism by a white Latin person. Yeah. Which kind of plays into which who's a group member, which plays into the actual racial stereotypes within that community. Yeah. I'm going to call it out because it's a thing which Latinas have actually told me about. So it's a thing. Um, it's disgusting. And I think she's handled it like a champ. Yeah. There's been back and forth when they were in the group petty shit. All of them have kind of done petty shit to each other, but not on a racial level to like that. And it took days for even one of them, even her other bandmates to come forward in support of her. It's trash. Like, in my opinion, it's absolute trash. Normani has deactivated Twitter because of stands before uh, due to race. There's been a lot that's gone on to her in the short time that she's been in this industry uh that's happened to her with trolls and racism and stuff to that nature so i'm happy she faced it head on i hope that she can just move on from this because this is some bullshit now like stop asking her about camilla like let that wench do what she needs to do with taylor swift and we can deal with our girl normani and then that's it um I'm happy for her this year. I'm intrigued for her this year. I'm intrigued for whatever sound she wants to bring to the table because she also addressed being a black woman in pop and how even, you know, loads of people, including our own, some of our own, have taken critique with that. Like, can't she do R&B? We're playing into the whole systemic issues of a black artist automatically being boxed in R&B regardless of what they do do you know what i mean so or black singers should i say being automatically boxed into r&b when they actually may do alt pop or they may do pop or they may do you know there's so many different genres but um i love normani i love watching her rise she seems like an amazing girl i watched her uh we've spoken about this on podcast before but i watched her live uh at essence festival 
She's brilliant. She's a hard worker. I can see the work ethic in her. Uh, I always forget that we saw her there. Yeah, hopefully she before she just gets even better at her craft. Um, and I can't wait for that's the positive thing is I just can't wait for the music. I cannot wait to see what she does. Her solo endeavors, um, her solo singles, all of that. I just cannot wait to see the rise of our girl Normani because I saw this from the start. There's a there's there's even a little write up I did on Lost Culture when I used to write for them where I wrote about how her dance breakouts with Sean Bankhead. Um, were the start of her branching out. She always had this plan for herself. Um, and I'm happy to see that she's finally here. The year of the debut album is here. So fuck Camilla, always fuck her. Um, and yeah, no apology can be sincere in my opinion from her because it just never comes across that way. Um, and I hope and pray you get the karma that's coming to you, whatever that form I mean, that it comes into. So, I mean, her album did. didn't do great, but Sorry. but she's still here. She's still getting movie deals. The karma hasn't hit hard enough for me yet. So anyway, the energy, when it comes, it comes. I don't watch that girl, but when the energy comes, I'll be there to get popcorn and laugh for two minutes and get on with my life. But we focus on Normali for now. And well done on an amazing cover. She's been getting quite a few covers actually quite recently. So well done on the, well done on the PR. The PR team are doing their job. Okay. Now let's get that first single, the real first single. And let's Why get this campaign cracking. I know, I, I know. I'm a bit dis- But you know what? I And she's a liar because she said that the album's halfway done. She said the album's halfway done, but I'm like, sis, I remember I remember you saying in a particular interview last year that it's like 90% done. But maybe she's, maybe they could be scrapped. You know, remember Rihanna's auntie? Remember yes, that back and yes. forth? I feel like I'm honestly in a place where, and I put in the group chat yesterday, why is it coming? This long? I was like, oh, why is this taking so long? But you know what? On second thought, I'm going to just let her chill. But when the campaign starts, they, they, it can't finish. It might start, it might get to where it's taking too long. Like, it might get to where it's like, okay, like, yes, we're waiting. It's anticipation, but it'll take too long now. Listen, I, I feel like we are in the era where a song, if it if it goes, it can it can go. And then we can start. Like, do you know what I mean? We're not in the era where I get it. I get it. I completely get it. Because they're building this thing like the single's going to come in tomorrow. And then it hasn't. So, but I get what you mean. But at the same time, if the song is hot enough, the attention will come. But I don't that. know why that would have to come almost a year after motivation. Maybe they felt like that it didn't do what it had to do. Yeah, that's so fine. they went back and redid that, whatever it was. I don't know why we can't get a single in March. Mm. It's kind of like and, it, and even I feel like she's one of them ones. You know the perfectionist. You know when some artists start and they don't have the project all the way complete. Like I don't believe Lady Gaga's finished with album six just yet. No, of course. But, um, but I feel like she's one of them ones that are like, I need it. You know the perfectionist. Like I need it done before we even yes, get single one out. But, but see, but the fact that but clearly she may not finish the album, but clearly yeah. the album is probably coming somewhat soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the hundreds. campaign has begun. Whereas, so even like from a PR standpoint, like. <laughs> Yes, it's great you're doing Rolling Stone and Fader, which is obviously great for, you know, general profile raising and visibility. But it's like, if he's not being tagged to anything, yeah. these are, there's somewhat wasted opportunities. Mm. Some more, like, it's a good, it's still a great look regardless, but it's like, so you can mm. do a Rolling Stone cover, but we're not going to get a single talk summer. Summer. I know, I know. I just, yeah, there's a lot of missed signals coming there's a lot of missing and, and let's be, keep it a buck Fifth Harmony's been gone for almost two years now so like you, we kind of need a project now 
we need a project now. Like the time's come. But now back to the wench. <laughs> um, so I, I, am, I for one, I'm glad that Normani answered this because yes, she has addressed this before, but I feel like she was very safe and very, uh, I felt like she felt like she couldn't say how she truly wanted to say at the time. And obviously the reason why it's coming up again, because obviously more Camilla tweets resurfaced a few months ago. And so I'm glad that Normani is able to finally really light that fire under her chest and be like, yep, this is how I truly feel about my ex-bandmate and this stupid person, uh, marginally better Selena Gomez, as I call her. And yeah, so I'm, I'm glad. Like, yes, hopefully this is the end. Don't ask anymore. But I love the fact that when it comes to discussing racism, like, because people be, be, be like, oh, she's throwing Camilla under the bus. Like, no, she's just speaking facts. Because I was reading, I was like, oh, okay, you're really, you're speaking the thing. Like, this is not a good, this is not a good look of Camilla for Normai to say this. Because we all know she's racist, we know that. But the fact that you're now your ex-black bandmate is like, yeah, nah, I didn't fuck with that. That, that, that was shit. And, and she, she probably gave time. Like, it took her years. She said it. It took years. So just adding more fuel to the fire. I'm like, yes, you better light Camilla's ass up. Let them know. <laughs> let them know that Camilla was being um, peak white girl. You better let them know. Being peak Joanne. Being peak Kelly and Elsie. Let them know. <laughs> let them know. So, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on this. So fuck Camilla forever. Um, justice for Dinah Jane. And Imani, we need an album from, from you soon. <laughs> and yes so that is my thoughts that is my thoughts is that is that all we got yes. yeah all right guys well that's the end of the episode for today <laughs> we've had a very different type of episode today we spoke about america that was a very interesting conversation um but yeah as always guys your help is amazing so if you can follow us on our platforms so that's individually eats mckenzie shop a Showerton, I am N Tyrell. Thank you. Um, on Instagram, Twitter, those are our handles. Or in, or you can find the podcast at D-A-T-S-P-O-D on Instagram, Twitter, Vero. Just type it in Google. All the links will come up. Um, and we release an episode every Tuesday. It's been amazing having this conversation today. Um, I feel like this has been a very good episode. We seem to be in better spirits, although we've all had tough weeks. Um, and I hope next week when we speak into you, it's a much better week. <laughs> cool. Peace. Enjoy. Bye.